of all the things that have happened, the best thing is the Lord God Almighty. Will His praise ever be on my Ever be on my Amen. Let your praise always be. Let your praise always be to the Lord God Almighty, for He deserves all honor, all glory, and all praise, for He is one.
will bow before the King of kings, yes, oh God, forever we will sing. Come face to face with our God. We'll sing together. Before you say the story. Father, some people come in with a heavy heart right now. I just want to pray for my sister right here in the front. Or would you just be with her right now, Heavenly Father? You know what it is she's going through. You know where her husband is at right now. Would you just be with this family? Would you just touch them? Touch the medical doctors and the providers around her and her husband, Heavenly Father. Give her comfort knowing that your plan will always succeed, Heavenly Father. I pray for anyone else in this room who comes in with a heavy heart that may have some medical issue going on, Heavenly Father, or that may have some other things that's bearing heavy on them. I pray that you would just be with them, that they would know that peace can only be found in Jesus Christ, that your plan will always succeed, that your plan will always reign, Heavenly Father. We may not see it in the moment. Sometimes life is so heavy and so crazy that we can't see it. But would you just fill them with the comfort of knowing that you are God, that you are supreme, that you reign, and that your love will reign forevermore, Heavenly Father. We just thank you for all those things that we know that you are going to do for those that come in with a broken heart and a heavy, heavy burden. Heavenly Father, there are things going on across our nation. We pray for the people in Hawaii. We pray for the, the heat waves that are going across the nation and the fires. Heavenly Father, let your hand be upon the people affected and be upon this land, for this is the land that you have created, Heavenly Father. We declare that this is your land and that you know how you need to take care of it. We pray for things just going on across the nation that sometimes affects us, things that go on across the world, the war in Ukraine that seems never ending and the lives that are uprooted, Heavenly Father, all across this world. Again, we declare your supremacy and your reign forevermore. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you have done for us. Thank you for the things that you will do for us as well. And in your name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. To God be the glory. Amen, church. 
Can you just give him praise for he is worthy? Amen. That's right. Can you turn to someone and welcome them into the house of the Lord this evening? I'm Tommy. And I'm Eddie. We're the Skit Guys. And we want to talk to you today about signing up for the worship team. Yeah. Amazing grace, how sweet Stop. Hey. the no, 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 no. It's, it's hard to show you grace when you do that, okay? What? This is my gift and I'm using it. Was it a gag gift? What? I mean, what, what do they say? One man's trash is... is another man's great singing voice. Hello. Yeah, okay, that, fair enough. Anyway, look, if, if you are somewhat musically inclined and would like to help, we'd love for you to sign up and help the worship team and make the worship great here at church. I once was lost, Stop. but Seriously. now Seriously. I'm found. Shh. was blind, Shh. now I'm No. See. No, sir. No. I surrender all. Okay, wait. Let me, let me hear a little more. All to Jesus. Nope. Yeah, I heard it that time too. Good evening, my family. New beginnings. Welcome, welcome at church. Um, my name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And uh, I know every week in and week out, you guys know who I am, and we talk about uh, some of our volunteers. Uh, last week, we spoke to you a little bit about volunteering at the church. So I want to introduce you to a very special group of people that I love dearly. I uh, want you guys come out. I want to introduce you to the team. You guys have, you guys kind of see him up here. Uh, we have Roxy. You guys see Roxy up here with me as well. Kristen, there's Wally. And then you guys see Javier up here with me as well. They, Roxy and Javier help out with announcements. And um, I've got, you guys they're not foreign, but I want to talk to you guys, and I want to introduce them because we, we've been talking to you about getting involved in the church, and you guys saw that video, and we're not going to put Tommy and Eddie up here. Can we agree? Right? Nobody wants to see Tommy and Eddie up here, right? But I'm thankful for the team that we have up here, and, uh, and we, we celebrate everything that they're doing, everything that they've done, and we say thank you so much to them and their faithfulness in serving not just me as a leader, but you as a congregation, this community, and what we're doing. But church, I wanted to talk to you. This is Roxy. Why don't you come up here with me for a quick second? I want you to tell us, uh, is getting involved, church, uh, I know some of us have crazy schedules. And uh, if you don't know about Roxy just a little bit, let me give you just a little bit. Roxy's, Roxy doesn't stay very busy these days, do you, Roxy? What do you do for <laughs> a living, Roxy? What? I'm not busy at all. I am a full-time attorney. I'm going to start school. Here, I'm getting my master's degree here. I'm oh, just showing off in now. In a few weeks. Now she's I, just showing off. I've been, uh, 
I'm busy taking care of my mom, who is sick, mm -hmm. so I go I go back to Hatch on the weekends um, as much as I can. So yeah, a little bit. Little just busy. just a little bit. Just Kristen, why don't you come up here? You guys know Kristen. This is my baby, and I will call her Mini Me. <laughs> so Kristen, she's a part of our youth. She's she grew up in this church. She was I remember back at our old building when we brought her in in her car seat and so literally born into this congregation and uh Kristen how long have you been a part of this team and, and why this team tell us tell us what brought you to be a part of this team I know I know the story but I want them to know the story um I've been on the team for about three years up here but for like four years I've been in the media back there doing lights or you started back there yeah yeah so, um, and then my dad was like, you can sing, you can sing, you can sing. Come and join me. And I was like, uh. Kristen, I, we knew Kristen had a gift when she was six or seven years old. She would sing around the house and sing her Hannah Montana songs or her <laughs> high school musical songs. She loved those shows and movies. And we knew she had a gift. And when she entered into her teenage years, make it quick, I told her, hey, I want you to really pray about this and think about this. And I, I remember we were sitting at Peter Piper Pizza and I took her on a date, and I go, Kristen, I, I really feel that the Lord is this call in your life. And I said, think about it, pray about it. And with the help of, we call, she calls her Thea Roxy. <laughs> with the help of her Thea Roxy, Roxy's like, hey, kiddo, I want, just want you to join us uh, tonight for rehearsal. See how you like it, right? Because I didn't want to push her too hard because I'm dad. You know, nobody listens to dad. You'll listen to everybody else but dad. And I'm okay with that because she's here now. But... And, and Kristen hung out for one rehearsal, and she has, a, she has an immense gift. And I don't say that because she's my baby. I say that because she has a true, true gift. And she's been here since, and she's been exploring that gift. And I wanted to showcase Kristen because, you know, she's one of our youth leaders, and she's very involved in youth. And so as soon as she gets off stage here, she's going to run over there because they have youth class. So, Kristen, if you want to go, you can go now. Uh, let's see, Wally, why don't you come up? Wally, is that mic? We good with that mic? Should be. Okay, good. Guys, this is Wally. Give it up for Wally, man. This guy's faithful, faithful, faithful. <laughs> Wally has a tremendous gift, not only as an instrumentalist, but also as a vocalist. Wally, you grew up here basically in this church since a young age as well. He started in our youth band back at the old building, and he jumped on board over here with us uh, on the main platform. Wally, what kind of a blessing is it for you to serve this congregation? Well, it was just a blessing that uh, I was able to just learn uh, all the instruments throughout my years of living. I mean, I'm, you guys normally see me up here playing bass and guitar, but I mean, I've also been playing drums. I've been playing piano. Um, and, it's just a, and it's just a blessing that not only have I been able to, uh, to play and to sing for other people outside of church, but also help lead inside of church. And because music's my way of connecting with God, and I feel like music connects with more than likely every, everybody else here. So I just hope that I've been able to help you guys um, be in the presence of God while I'm up here as well as everybody right. else. Thank you, Wally. Uh, what an amazing gift that you have, and thank you for, for everything you do, Wally. And what, Javier, why don't you come up here for a second? We, we, we know a little bit too much about you, Javier, because... Yes. Cause okay. Uh, all the good stuff. Javier likes to hold... The microphone like this for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why. Javier, 
tell us how do we get involved? What's the importance about getting involved, Javier? And you've been a part of this team for now 20 years, right? So he's been a part of it for a very, very long time. Such a faithful, faithful uh, member of, of this community, of the worship community, and of course, New Beginnings. Um, tell us, Javier, the importance of getting involved. Tell us, give, give us more about that and why, what drove you to this ministry? Absolutely. So I think, guys, we've all heard Pastor Richard talk about, you know, the parable of the talents. You know, some are given one, two, three, so on and so forth. But the bottom line is, guys, every single one of us has a gift, has a talent that we can use and we're supposed to use for God's glory. Amen. And, um, and this is just one of the ways that we do it. Um, I think that it's a huge part of our walk as Christians to uh, find out what our calling is in life, what our blessing is, not for, for our own gain or for our own popularity, but to further the, the ministry of Christ and to bring glory to God. And I know each and every one of you here has that gift. And if you don't know what it is, pray about it. And I guarantee you that God will show you what it is. Talk to, Mike, to Pastor Mike, talk to Pastor Richard, and I guarantee you they will put you to work. When I first started, I didn't know how to play the drums at all. Pastor Richard found out that my dad had bought me a drum set, and there I was. So <laughs> I promise you, Pastor, we'll find you uh, a spot where you guys can be uh, helpful and bless others. So I would encourage you to do it. It's a huge blessing to others, and especially not just to others, but to yourself as well. So I would pray about it and really think about what God is calling you to do. Amen, church. You know, I wanted to showcase. Uh, I wanted to showcase our team in its entirety. Uh, this is this is the team. This is the team right here that that serves you week in and week out. And um, I wanted to showcase the team for a couple of reasons. One, all right. I mean, we're it, it's not no respecter. The calling and the work that needs to be done is no respecter of whether it's man, woman, or child. Right. No matter what age you are. You fit up here. You can fit in here. No matter if we're talking skill level, if you say, well, I'm not as skilled. Well, let's talk about it. Right? None of us started where we were, but somebody took us by the hand and said, let me teach you. And we're willing to do that. Because if you have that call and you have that gift, let's explore that. Let's talk about it. Behind me, there's a QR code that's, that's on this screen. And that's how you can get involved. If you want to sign up and say, hey, I'm involved in worship uh, on the platform, you know, Kristen started in media, and we'll talk about that soon, about what it's like to be in media, but if you, if you say, man, the Lord, I believe, has given me a gift, like what I spoke about with Kristen, there, there's a gift that's inside of, that was inside of her, let's explore that, let's talk about it, and so church, there's a QR code behind me or on the TV screens in front of you at home, you can, in, in that app, right, it'll take you to our app, and it'll take you to our forms, and church, I, I encourage you to get involved, I encourage you to say, man, is the Lord pushing me there? Man, why am I so gun-shy and really just taking that step forward and, and getting involved on this platform? I know it can be scary and I can be fearful, but church, I, I urge you, get involved, get involved. And while you're in that app, church, on the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little heart that it says give. And if you have not been able to give yet or maybe you haven't set that up yet, I first say thank you so much because we couldn't do what we do without your gift and your tithe and your obedience in it, and I say thank you so much, uh, church. It takes you less than a minute to set up and even less time to give a recurring gift. And if you want to participate, that's the best way to do it electronically, or you can drop off your tithing at one of the giving boxes at the entryways of this sanctuary. So thank you so much, church, in that uh, your participation in helping us spread the word and getting people involved, getting you guys involved. The work is plenty, and the workers are few. So church, let's rise up. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you so much.
my family, and Pastor Richard, I turn it over to you. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Uh, I think the youth have already been dismissed, but I do need to let you know that they're going to be talking about a very delicate subject, and uh, they're going to be talking about life, which is not delicate, that's amazing, but they are going to be talking about abortion, and we have the executive director of Love Life here, Ethel Maharg. It's a ministry that talks about uh, just what goes on in an abortion and how we stand for life. We're a pro-life church. And uh, so I've got my little deal that we love life. And so that's what the youth are going to be talking about. So if any of you parents are a little nervous, you're welcome to go and join them. But uh, I just want you to know that, uh, that they're teaching them some really horrible things at school. And we're trying to teach them a healthy side. Amen? Hey, well, let's get into the Word of God. I have been doing this series on the Ten Commandments. And today is our last day on the series. And I was, as I was studying and, and looking at, at the passage that we're going to be looking at in the book of Exodus, and it talks about not coveting our neighbor's things, I was, I thought of a book, I mean a game that I came across by Milton Bradley. <clears throat> and the name of the game is Mall Madness. And the way this game is, it's kind of set up like Monopoly, but it's a mall, a shopping mall. And you get X amount of money. And the goal of the game is the one that spends all their money and gets rid of all their money, they, and, they, and they're broke, they win the game. And I thought, what kind of craziness is that? And then I thought, oh, that's life. Because people are just really consumed with getting stuff. And I want to talk about today learning to be content with what you have. In the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 17, it says, You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. So God, help us to understand your word and then give us the strength to obey it. I pray in Christ's name, amen. So in this passage, it's saying don't covet your neighbor's thing. The word covet literally means the uncontrolled desire to acquire things. Some people literally have an uncontrolled desire. They're constantly spending and spending and spending, like QVC on television, or House Shopping Network, or Amazon, and Amazon Madness, and Walmart Clearance, and Thrift Town, and Savers, and on and on and on. And people just get consumed, and they just want more and more, and it says, don't covet your neighbor's house. In other words, don't have this uncontrolled desire that you want to have your neighbor's house, that you want to have what they have. Eee, they have a nice house. They just got a landscape. We need to landscape our house. Eee, they just got it painted. We need to paint our house. Eee, they just got, they just got 
It says, or your neighbor's wife or husband. Ay, 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 she's hot. He's hot. Oh, my gosh, I wish she'd come and wash my car. You know, and, are you with me? And it says, or their male or female servant. In other words, the, the people that work under the household and that are there. And, and, and it says their ox. The ox would be like your truck. Don't, neighbor, don't covet your neighbor's truck or your donkey. That's the car. So, so it's saying, chill out, calm down. Don't have this overwhelming desire that you've got to have it, you've got to have it, you've got to have it. Whatever belongs to your neighbor, I've got to have it, I've got to have it. So there's some effects that happen to us when you're always wanting more. When you're always wanting more, there's things that take place, and some of the effects, number one, are fatigue. People get exhausted. They're exhausted. They're just overwhelmed, and they, they just don't know how to process. They're just incredibly exhausted. Look what it says in Proverbs 23, verse 4. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Man, how many people are wearing themselves out by trying to get rich? Be wise enough to know when to quit. Man, look, there's some people that have two, three jobs. There's nothing wrong with having more than one job. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to build wealth. But there's some that are out of control. Yeah, I got to work. I got to work. I got to. I don't have time for my family. I don't have time for my wife. I don't have time for my husband. I don't have time for my kids. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time because I'm having to work to get all the things that we want in the house. And some of the things you want in your house, you don't even need. But you're willing to sacrifice your family to get them. You're willing to sacrifice time with your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife or your family just to have more. Like, when is enough enough? It says right there in that verse we just read, know when to quit, when to stop and say enough is enough. So some people are fatigued. They're exhausted. When they finally get a day off, they just sleep because they've been working themselves to death. And their son or their daughter, they're longing to have a dad or a mom. So sometimes they're out there looking for one among gangs or among other people, and girls are hooking up with guys at a very young age because they want to belong and be loved, and they're longing to be loved. And young boys are out there looking for someone to, to love because they miss that at home, all because we're fatigued trying to get more stuff. Another effect is debt. You get in debt. You're in debt, and you're in debt over your head. You are out of control in debt. Look what it says right there in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 11. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. Isn't that the truth? Man, you want to get a bunch of friends together? Tell them you're throwing the party, and you're going to foot the bill. Yeah! Man, the minute it costs them, oh, I can't make it, dude. I can't, I can't. You want me to bring something? Wow. It says, so what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? And isn't that the truth? Man, money just, it vanishes right before us. And some people are hanging out with you only because you have money and you spend it on them, and you lavish them, and you spoil them, and you pour yourself out to them. You go to a nightclub, and you have the private table. 
and it's costing you a few thousands of dollars. But you're like, oh yeah, you bring the bottle, bring, don't just bring a cup, bring the whole bottle. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's costing you and they're all there enjoying that as you were going down. And then you can't pay your rent, you can't pay your car, you can't pay and you're like, oh, what am I gonna do? Oh, there goes your ox, there goes your donkey. Take the bus <laughs> because you're in a mess because you got in debt way over your head. They say that Americans today, for every $1,000 that they make, they charge 1300 That's why we're in debt. We're in debt. We're in a mess. Another thing that happens when you just get, get caught up in that, I got to have more, I got to have more, I got to have more, is worry. You're worried all the time. You're just a mess. You're worried about, oh my gosh, we don't have that. And oh my goodness, I want that. And how am I going to pay for that now? And oh my goodness. And you're just worried. I hope they don't repossess it. I hope they don't come and take it. You're always looking out the curtain, make sure they don't take the car. You're always looking out the curtain, make sure they don't take your son or daughter. I mean, no, no. <laughs> On that one, you're like, take them. <laughs> no. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verse 12, it says, people who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much. But the rich seldom get a good night's sleep because they're just worried about what they have and make sure they can accumulate more. Because as I said, there was a bumper sticker that used to say, the one with the most toys wins. You win what? You don't see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. You can't take it with you. It's like you're going to leave it behind. There was a guy several years ago that was buried in his Maserati because he didn't want to leave it to anyone. Can you imagine? What a greedy guy. Like, oh, this is my Maserati. So he was buried sitting down. I was thinking, I hope he was saved. Otherwise, he's there. I'm on a highway to hell. You know, I don't know. I, uh, quick way to get there. <laughs> Maserati style, you know. Man, it, it, it happens. Another thing that happens when you get caught up in the race that you've got to have more and more and more and you're coveting things is conflict. There's just conflict that takes place. There's arguments. There's conflict. You, you might even have a budget, but now you're arguing. Your husband's arguing with you. Your wife's arguing with you. Your kids are mad. You're, you're mad. Everyone's mad because they're not following the budget, and, and there's conflict, and, and you're upset. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at work within you? See, it's what's in us. It's what's in us. I've told you the story about the pastor's wife that was, they were going to have a, a nice gala at their church, so she wanted a new dress. And the pastor says, babe, we don't have a lot of money. I, I saved a lot, and I'm going to give you $80 to go buy a dress. And she goes, well, thanks, hon. So she goes to the store and comes home with this gorgeous, gorgeous dress. 
And he goes, oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. And she put it on, and she's looking like this. And he goes, babe, that's gorgeous. I can't believe you got that for $80. Oh, it wasn't $80. How much was it? $260. He goes, what did you do that for? Babe, I told you we didn't have that money. Oh, my gosh. Why didn't you pray? I did. And the devil showed up and said, oh, you look so hot in that dress. And I said, Satan, get behind me. And he said, you look good from this point of view also. (laughs) See, we'll listen to whatever we want to hear, aren't we? We'll listen to whatever we want to hear. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? So we take surveys instead of going to the Word of God. And the Word of God says, don't do that, but you know what? We take surveys. What do you think? You think it's okay to drink? Is that okay to drink? Is that okay to drink? You know what? The Bible doesn't say you can't have a drink, but it's very clear about not getting drunk. But it also says to stay away from the appearance of evil. You know why I don't drink? For a lot of reasons. One, because I was an alcoholic, and I don't know how to have a drink. I drink till I drop. So I don't, I, 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 I fear liquor. Because I know that I'm not stronger than liquor. I know the Holy Spirit is. But the Holy Spirit says, don't tempt the Lord. Stay away from it, Richard. So I stay away. But you know why I also stay away? Because let me tell you something. If you walked into Applebee's or wherever, or if you walk into Buffalo Wild Wing and see me eating some, a hamburger, but with a big old beer stein, you know what you would say? Orale, Pastor Richard's drinking? Wow. I guess I could drink too. And I am not going to be the cause of somebody stumbling. So you know what? I choose not to drink. But some people take surveys. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think about uh, medicinal cannabis? Why don't you just call it what it is? Weed. Marijuana. But, oh, no, I do not do weed. I do cannabis. (laughs) I do CBD, but it has THC. Come on, man. You know what? Some people sincerely take it because they're medically in need of it. Others, man, they just, I have a hangnail. I need a card. Okay, here. I I forget where I'm going sometimes. Yeah, it's because you're so high, you don't know what you're doing. Man, I'm sorry. Okay, back to the sermon. It causes conflict. causes conflict. Another thing it causes is dissatisfaction. You're never satisfied. Haven't you ever bought something, and right after you buy it, you see it on sale? Or right after you buy it, you go, oh, I should have waited. Golly, they came out with a new version now. Man, you're never happy. You're never satisfied. Man, we we got the, the Mick Jagger moment. I can't get no satisfaction. You remember that oldie? And the problem is, as we do what that song says, I can't get no satisfaction, but I try and I try and I try and I try. It says, I can't get no, 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 no. Why? Because you will never be satisfied. You will always be dissatisfied because of something. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. I'm telling you, money can add to your happiness, but 
I know some people that are very wealthy and they're very miserable. Money doesn't make you happy. You gotta come to know Christ and when you come to know Christ, he gives you purpose and when you have purpose, you have joy in your life. And even when you go through difficult times, you have joy. You go, man, I'm going through a hard time, but thank you, God, that you're with me. And if God be for me, nothing could be against me. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to make it through this. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me and his rod and his staff, they comfort me. See, we have to believe and trust and lean into God and and believe that God's going to see us through. In the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, Paul says, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. So learn to be content. Learn to be content because otherwise you're going to be one miserable person. Now, how then do we learn to be content? Well, Hopefully, I'll give you something from the Word that's going to help you. Because we learn to be content when, first of all, we resist comparing ourselves to each other. Quit comparing yourself to other people. Because the minute you compare, ooh, dude, you have that watch? Yeah, ooh, well, I got the newer version. Oh, brother. Oh, do you have that phone? Yeah. Like, I have an iPhone. People are, ooh, ooh. Somebody gave me an iPhone. They go, hey, I, I got rid of my, my phone. I upgraded. You want my iPhone? I go, yeah, sure. Thank you. And then every, every time a new iPhone comes out, they upgrade and they give me theirs. So I don't care about hand-me-downs. Glory to God, I get a free phone. I don't care what color it is. I have, I have a case on it anyway. But sometimes it's the real pretty gold and pink and white duties, you know. Like, but I don't care. It's a gift. But some people get all shook up. Oh, look what you have. I want what you have. I got to have what you have. I now, I, and you're always comparing. Quit comparing because it'll drive you nuts. It'll drive you crazy. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. It says, oh, don't worry. We don't dare say that we are as wonderful as those other men who tell you how important they are for they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. Haven't you ever seen people like that? Women that are all into themselves and they all hang out together. Men that are all into themselves and they hang out together. And then they look down on everyone else. They have the beautiful lashes, the extension lashes, and they have the the permanent now tattooed eyebrows because they got tired of shaking with the Sharpie. And, and now, there's nothing wrong with having that. Hear me. I'm not saying you can't have it. But some people have to have it to prove that they're better than somebody else. And they hang out and, oh, look at this. We're better. And you're not better. You don't even realize how short you are from reaching the goal. You don't realize how far ahead they are. And quit doing that to yourself. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, it says, You but people who long to be rich fall into the temptation 
and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. So he's saying, quit comparing. Quit doing that to yourself. Another thing is don't just quit comparing, but but rejoice in what you do have. Enjoy what you have. You know what? I have an amazing vehicle. It's already 10 years old, but someone gave it to me. A lady came up to me and said, God told me to give you this vehicle. I go, I can't take a vehicle. Well, I, I, I'm not asking if you take it. God told me to give it to you. I go, well, why don't you sell it? You've got to get another vehicle. I already got another vehicle. I just can't afford this one. I go, well, I can't afford a payment right now. Oh, it's already paid for. I'm like, wow, they just go, it, it, it uses a lot of gas and the insurance is high. And they gave me this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous Yukon Denali. I'm like, orale, man, I'm, I'm sporting that. And you know what? It was, it, when I got it, it was seven years old, and it only had 6,000 miles on it. I'm like, man, this thing's brand new. You only took it to the groceries and back. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's it. I'm like, wow, this car is gorgeous. But you know what? I, I enjoy it. Somebody said, hey, have you thought of getting another car? Why? This is an excellent vehicle. I'm happy with it. I'm not constantly, I got to get this. Now I got to get that model. And now I get, you know what? I enjoy what I have. I just thank God for what I have. Man, you know what? It's like, I notice some people have a big screen TV and you know what they watch? Their phone. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm watching a movie. Well, there's a TV. Oh, but I got it here. I'm like, what's wrong with you? We're never satisfied. Be happy with what you have. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verse 19, and it says, it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. So, man, you know what? Be blessed. Say, God, thank you for what you've given me. And Lord, thank you for what you've given them. It'd be awesome if I could have that, but you know what? It's no big deal. I'm not even smart enough to invest like they did. I don't even know how to do it. So Lord, you know what? Maybe I can learn, but meanwhile, I'm happy with what I have. When we're home and we're growing up, uh, really, Mom? Beans and rice and green chili? Oh, my gosh. Beans and rice and green chili. Beans and rice and red chili. Beans and rice and red chili. Beans and rice and green chili. And we finally move away. We grow up and we get married. We come and visit mom. Mom, would you make us some beans and rice and red chili? Please? Please, mom. Please, the red chili, green chili, whatever chili. Just, oh my gosh, what's wrong with us? See, we didn't know how to enjoy what we had until we moved away. And now we go, I miss my mama's tortillas. Mama, would you make me some tortillas? She goes, of course. And she gets the grandma tortillas that she bought at the store. (laughs) I'm going to make them come out of the refrigerator. That's the only thing I'm going to do. Because you know what? Very few people. Does anyone here still make tortillas? Hijo, a few of you, man. Look, right away, everyone's looking. Who are they? We're going to go to your house. (laughs) I know who to hit up for tortillas. 
But man, it's like, be happy with what you have. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 9. Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Oh, I hope someday, someday. You know what? It's good to have a goal, and maybe someday I can have that, but you know what? Meanwhile, I'm going to enjoy what I have. Some people can't even enjoy it. Oh, I'm not going to I'm not gonna enjoy it till I finally get it. And then they go to rent to own and pay five times higher than what they should have. So they buy a $600 TV and they pay 3000 by the time it's all done. Because I want it now. Learn to chill out. Chillax, man, chillax. Third thing, if we're going to learn how to be content and enjoy what we have, is realize what we have, release, rather, what we have to help others. Help others with what you have. You ever help people with what you have? And it's like, you know what? Here, yeah, you can use it, sure. And there's like, when my hip was real bad and I, I couldn't walk as well as I'm walking now, my next door neighbor, she goes, oh, Richard, I'm so worried about you. You're out there carrying in all kinds of stuff. And uh, I have a little dolly here. Use my dolly. And I go, I'm fine. No, use my dolly. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I go over to her house, get her dolly, and I'm carrying stuff in. I go, man, this is nice having the little dolly. So I, I would use it, and I would take it back. She was releasing what she had to bless me, to help me, to take care of me. And then in our church, came up to me and said, Pastor, my dad passed away, and he had a stationary bike. Do you need a stationary bike? I go, yes, I would love one because that's what they put me on at physical therapy. The first thing, the minute I get there, 10 minutes on the stationary bike and then 10, 10 minutes on the treadmill. It's not a, it's not a treadmill. You know why they, they call it the treadmill? See, I have to walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes, but they don't turn it on. So I have to propel it by myself. That's brutal, dude. I'm like, <laughs> sucking air, man. But you know what? Another neighbor of mine goes, hey, before I got a bike, they go, hey, we have a bike in the, come and use it, a stationary bike. They released, bless me. Then Chris and Vivian brought me my own bikes, and I'm like, what I lay, I'm at the house. Cindy goes, what are you doing? I go, watching movie, but I'm on the bike. She goes, really? Doing it on the bike? Yeah. Yeah. People who release blessing. When you have something that you could bless somebody with, bless them. You don't have to give it to them. You can lend it to them. Some people don't lend anything out. I understand some people you lend it and they never bring it back. Man, come on. Take it back, guys. <laughs> One time I was at somebody's house and they invited me over for dinner. And they're serving me with my own pot. <laughs> Literally, the pot had my name on it, Brother Richard. And the spoon they were using was my spoon. I was like, man, that's my pot and that's my spoon. They go, at least they made good food with it. I, I didn't call them on it. I just said, oh, keep it. 
don't steal stuff, but, but release what you have to help others. Look what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Uh, 17 through 19. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not all arrogant and proud, and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good words and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Man, what a joy. What a joy. Look what it says in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Isn't that the truth? Don't you feel good when you just help somebody out and give them something? And you're like, man, that was awesome. You help someone out, they have a flat tire, and you help them out. You see someone hungry, and you just buy them a meal, and you go, hey, man, I don't have any cash on me, but I bought you a Happy Meal, or I got you a Chick-fil-A meal, or I got you a Burger King meal, or, or whatever. And you just bless somebody, and you help them. And you help them get stronger, and you, you bless them in a way that they didn't expect. And another way to really learn to be content is by refocusing on what's going to last. Focus on the right thing. Learn to focus on the right thing, to really focus on those things that are going to bless you, those things that are going to enrich you, those things that are going to help you, those things that are going to build you up. Learn to really be able to focus on those things because we focus on stuff that's temporal, meaning just for a moment, and then it's gone. Haven't you ever gone to, man, you like, oh, we're going to go, we're going to go to Disneyland and, oh, we're going to go to Knott's Berry Farm or we're going to go to, and we're going to go to, and we're going to go to Cliffs and have a blast or we're going to go to the State Fair when it comes and, and then it's over and you spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, and you go, bah, now what? Now what? Or you spend all this money on Christmas gifts and the kids play with the box. Man, just go back, get boxes, wrap the box, let them open it and play with it, you know? Say, when you're good, I'll get you what goes in the box. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's messed up, man. But focus on what really lasts. You know what lasts? The joy of the Lord. You know what lasts? The things that are meaningful. Your family. Sharing together. And having dinner together is kind of unusual anymore. Everyone goes to their own table and their own thing. Make a plan. Say, hey, every Sunday after church, even if you don't come to my church, let's all meet at mom and dad's. And if your mom and dad are already in, in heaven, the oldest sister or oldest brother, hey, let's all get together. 
We're going to have a family meal. And you know what? No electronics at the table. Nobody could have their phones. Unless someone's having an emergency, if it's not an emergency calling, don't answer it. And enjoy yourself. Enjoy each other. Enjoy conversation. People don't talk anymore. They don't converse. They just sit there and look at their phone. They don't ever look up anymore. People are going to be walking around in the future with their, a big old bump on the back of their neck from just looking down. Do you know that New Mexico, and especially Albuquerque, has the highest pedestrian deaths in the nation? And you know why? Because they're distracted people. They step off curbs and get killed all the time because they get hit by vehicles because they're not paying attention because they're so glued to their, tele to their phone or their tablet. And learn to be content with what you have. Start focusing on the things that matter, your family, your loved ones. Instead of constantly working and working and working for stuff, just enjoy what you have. My kids say, man, some of the greatest memories we have, they go, we remember we didn't have a lot of money, and so you would take us to go feed the ducks at Kingley Beach. Or you would take us, and we would go to Soda Dam up in Hemis, and we would just have fun. It didn't cost us any money. We'd do picnics and, and, and do what we could. Focus on the things that are going to last. Memories that you're establishing with your family. Memories that you're making with your children. Memories that you're making with your spouse. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, So don't look at the troubles that we see here now. Rather, fix your gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see here now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. Celebrate him in your family. Celebrate him in your home. Celebrate what he's doing. Celebrate what he's done. To look back and say, man, God has been so good. Tell the stories, moms and dads. Tell the stories when you guys first got married. And some of you lived in a tiny little shack. The stories where some of you have told me that you had the baby and they lived in the, the bed. The bed was the drawer, the top drawer. You cleaned it out and you put a blanket there and that's where the baby was sleeping. So you guys could afford a little crib or even a bassinet. Tell the stories when you just had to believe and trust God and you didn't know what you were going to do. But you prayed, 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 prayed because you had made a commitment to raise up your children and provide for them. And God saw you through. Don't ever forget those stories. God has blessed you. And you are where you are now, but don't forget from where you've come and how good God has been to you. In the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 15, it says, then Jesus said, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Did you hear that? It's not measured by how much you own. Because you know what? 
you're going to leave it all behind. Life is measured by how much you have, that you have Jesus Christ, and you have the fruit of the Spirit, and you have love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and you have a generous heart, and you have a loving and caring heart. There's a family here at church that they know that Sundays are to be real long for me. And this brother makes the most delicious chile in the world. And his son supplies him with this hot chile that, oh, my God, it's that ghost chile that I'm telling you, it, it drives every ghost out of your life. <laughs> it's like, man. And I think it was this past Sunday or two Sundays ago, he goes, hey, pastor, I got you something. And it was a prescription bag of medication. And I go, bah, I guess they went to the pharmacy and got me my medication. <laughs> they go, that's the only bag we had. And I looked inside, and it was a bean and green chile burrito that was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, second service is really going to be on fire. Man. But it was a simple gift that blessed me beyond measure. You see, you never know how much of a blessing you could be until you pour yourself out. Empty yourself out and be filled. Learn to be happy with what you have, not keep wanting more and more. I hope and pray that you have really settled that greed to be the owner and the commander of your life. Because so many people want to control their life. But I have found the greatest joy was surrendering my life over to Jesus and let him call the shot. And if you've never made that call to let Jesus be the Lord of your life, and you want to do that today, just say, Pastor, would you pray that I would surrender? Anyone here? Raise your hand if so. And then we want to say, well, praise God. Yeah. It's hard to get to that point because we want to be in control. But I'm telling you, once you surrender, then you go, wow. <laughs> I thought I had it all together. And God, you've given me more than what I could even handle. Definitely more than what I deserve. So if there's anyone else, you that raised your hand, would you stand? Because we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. And would anyone else that wants to make that decision, would you all pray this prayer and just say, Heavenly Father, today I surrender my will and my heart over to you. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me a new life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. We're so excited for you. Oh, my goodness. Can you make your way up real quick? I just want to give you a quick high five and just celebrate with you. We have some material we'd love to give you to just help you in your walk with Christ. Oh, my goodness. We are so excited for you. Oh, my goodness gracious. How exciting. 
This is Pastor Chris, ladies. He's got a Bible for you and some stuff. Yeah, young ladies, right over here. We love you all. God bless you. Praise God. Hey, would you stand with us? And you know what? I don't know where you are in regards to surrendering your will to God. I don't know if today maybe God is calling you to surrender your wallet, your charge card, your credit card, and say, God, no more. I'm going to get this under control. I'm not going to live out of control anymore. I'm going to be content with what I have. So whatever you might need to bring to the Lord, if you want to pray, there's people that want to pray with you. We'll stand in agreement. Make your way up, and then we're going to close out in prayer. Feel free to come up at this time so we can pray with you. Whatever your need might be.
Father, we thank you that the victory will always be yours, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight, Lord, and thank you, Lord. Lord, you are enough. You are enough, Jesus. You are enough. Can we say that, church? You say, Jesus, you are enough. You are enough, Lord. I don't need to covet anything else, Lord. You are enough for me, Lord. You are enough. Thank you, Lord, that you will always be enough. Lord, we, as we leave this place, Lord, we don't leave your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the work uh, done here tonight, Lord, through your word, Lord. We give you all of the honor and all of the glory, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Can you give him an amen tonight? Church? Yeah. Church, we want to remind you to stay connected, download our app, and sign up. Lord, you, you met uh, our worship team tonight, and if you, the Lord is driving you there, church, scan that QR code and connect with us. Amen, church. We will see you on Sunday, church. We love you. Be blessed.